Greetings, everyone. My name is April Jones, and I'm the founder of the Birth to Life Early Care Institute. Today, I have a topic concerning our child care industry. This topic is going to cover the life cycle of a pandemic child care, the life cycle of a pandemic child care. I'm going to talk about some of the issues and hurdles that we're facing right now and offer some solutions and have a open-ended discussion about possibly what we can do as an industry. So for those that do not know me, I have been in the childcare field for, it seems like forever. I'm one of those people that have been an administrator, also a curriculum coordinator and a teacher. I spent most of my years as a teacher in childcare. So I've taught infants and toddlers and preschoolers and older pre-Kers and even school age after schoolers. So I know a thing or two about childcare and I've been in the field close to 20 years at this point. One of the things that I have noticed about childcare is it it something happens in waves. You know, we have different trends, we have different waves, and like never before, childcare has faced something that has hit our industry. Our industry already was presented with challenges. So, what do I mean by that? Well, because I talk about topics as if no one knows about childcare as well. So I know a lot of professionals, a lot of teachers and etc. is going to listen to this and know about our industry. But part of my platform too is to bring awareness about our field like never before. Okay. So we've already was facing a lot of uncertainties when it came to child care, like hiring qualified teachers, keeping qualified teachers, overhead costs for child development centers. A lot of the reason why this happens is because, you know, child care centers are not necessarily funded by a state government or a federal government, so to speak. And the only one that I know of is like Head Start programs. But guess what? Head Start programs are not everywhere. Currently in my county, we only have two Head Start centers, just two. And I I live in a large county and one of the centers that did come along in development was back in, I want to say maybe 2009, 2010. So all of those years, Head Start Centers um, was not in existence. And I will say the part of town where I grew up, another part of town, there was no Head Start Center in sight. And Head Start is very much needed um, in that community and many communities across the board. But however, so we have a lot of private nonprofit child care centers all over the nation. And we were already facing these dilemmas, right? We were already facing all of these challenges. And what happened is when the pandemic came, it was already like pouring gasoline already on, on a brewing fire. And it just kind of just burst. And that was, that has happened. Um, I have listened to a lot of different conversations. So number one, what happened? What happened when the pandemic first hit? You know, I was very fortunate enough to have a center where they they have a board of directors, they have a retainer um, for an employees and things like that. The center has a very rich history through decades. They're celebrating like 70 years um, as a school, which is remarkable, right? It's, 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 it's historic um, because I know that there's not 
a lot of centers like that. So I was very fortunate enough in that sense that we were still able to get paid. We were still able to provide a service for families and we were closed for a couple months and then we reopened for essential workers and the center has been open ever since ever since June 2020. Um, full time, might I add. Okay, so we never had half a day hours, all of those things. So, you know, all of that has been offered. And I look at other centers, other centers have unfortunately had to close. Some centers never reopen. And that has broken my heart, um, honestly. And some centers are still facing trying to catch up financially. These are the two dilemmas that I see um, within that. That once the centers closed, you know, some people were able to sustain and some people were able not. So let's get into teachers, okay? Let's talk about teachers. A lot of times when I listen to the conversations, look at the trainings, look at all of these different things, a lot of people focus on the children first. And that's very important. But sometimes we have to get back to basics and we have to start with the teachers, start with the people that is literally taking care of these children. A lot of things are happening right now, okay? So like I said, we already had a fire and gasoline came. So what happened during this pandemic process? So like never before, it's been very hard for people to attract teachers and retain teachers. From a teacher's perspective, from a former teacher's perspective, I will say, because when the pandemic started, I was in a position of a administrator. So I can give you an administrator's point of view, but I want to talk about the point of view of the teachers and why this has kind of been very difficult to attract and retain. Number one, there are teachers that have children at home. There are teachers that have children at home. So when a lot of schools were closed and they had to do virtual learning a lot of the teachers children could not watch themselves you you know a lot of them had younger children and things like that so that's why you still have teachers that has not re-entered the workforce just yet think about teachers that have children with special needs and some states have not even opened just yet some states are opening now but some states have been closed for the longest but however my state was one of the first states to reopen and so you have that dilemma okay um you also have you know teachers so that happened they have to take care of that um there are teachers that had existing health issues um sometimes working with the mask can be difficult to work for long periods of time you know studies have shown the effects of like you know wearing your mask all day and how fatiguing that can be that's another aspect of it and then also too i just believe that some teachers just kind of reflected upon like what was happening before and they just decided to take another route the pandemic offered them an opportunity to take inventory of returning back to childcare and maybe some of them deciding that I do not want to return to that. Last but not least, you know, I've seen a lot of directors talk about, you know, teachers receiving unemployment and they're making more money 
receiving unemployment versus coming to work. And I want to say that if that is the case, then we have a much bigger issue um, more than ever. And some people are mad at the teachers that are that are taking the unemployment. I will say that in order to receive unemployment, from my understanding, you have had to work. So regardless, you never know what's going on in a person's situation. In my city, public transportation was taken, um, 60% of the public transportation was taken out of the city. So that's going to directly affect affect how people get to work that's going to directly affect how some teachers might get to work because they use the trains and they use the buses that's another another dilemma and that can directly affect how a person is able to get unemployment in addition to other things i really honestly don't know but even if that's the case we have to really look at okay that shouldn't be a person shouldn't a person should have a livable wage to a point where they should want to be at work versus collecting, you know, the unemployment or what have you, or vice versa. Like I said, there's many different situations. There's many scenarios. And for the most part, you have to work in order to obtain the unemployment. Okay. So let's talk about wages and what can we do? We've been writing Congress forever. We've been writing letters, protesting in the midst of all of that. People are still quitting. You know, people are still living, leaving the field and some people are just not returning to the field. It's long hours and we've heard the overwork, underpaid, all of those things. So my suggestion to solve this, this is just my suggestion, is to have businesses to support, help support childcare centers and them getting some hefty tax breaks. I think that's a start. If we had major corporations, if we had local businesses to support childcare centers in their area, and if they get great tax breaks, I think that's one way to help solve the crisis. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of different solutions and a lot of people have a lot of different ideas, but that's my immediate idea. The reason why I feel like that will work is because a lot of times, too, a lot of the businesses in your local area are from parents that are attending your child care center. A hefty price of child care centers right now is teacher salaries. And I know some people might be like, well, how is that possible? They still they're not even paying teachers anything. But most of the bulk of that is not only the overhead costs, but salaries. And so if we had businesses to support teacher salaries alone, then we could see more money being funneled into the school. I know that there's schools that have fundraisers and all different types of things. And childcare is expensive expensive as it is, and it's steadily increasing tuition costs. And a lot of people are able to pay it and some people are not able to pay it. And the most quality centers come with a hefty high quality cost. And working in this field, I I really understand why because you're not only paying for the teacher salaries, but you're also paying for supplies, you're paying for overhead costs. I've heard of some 
mortgages or um, rents for child care centers being anywhere from $2,500 all the way up to $10,000 a month. Um, school bus costs, all of these things, it's, it's quite pricey. It's, it, it can run you in the millions. So I think that will be a solution to a lot of that. And maybe Congress or our local legislators can, can consider having a business tax break just for child care centers. You know, I think that will be a great start. Um, another thing, too, is also cutting the cost of child care somehow um, down, if possible. So if we had government subsidies for that, if the businesses could support the child care centers and we had government sus- subsidies for overcare costs for child care centers, I think it would be a win-win situation and you possibly could see more teachers um, returning and back into the field and more stress being alleviated. I hear the conversations from directors and owners all the time. And the biggest bulk of the stress comes from the overhead costs, costs of childcare centers and teachers. Those are the main like two components of like the biggest dilemmas, biggest stressors that we have. Now, for childcare centers, let's move into what do we do now? Um, so I know that one particular center, I had a conversation with the director. The director is highly um, esteemed as a person that is bringing all different types of grants into her community. Children are doing amazing things at her her center. She has like a, a garden education type of um, facility at her center. It's amazing. Um, I had an opportunity to visit once and um, just the things that I saw was just amazing. Been in, she's been in business. It's been a family business. She's been in business for quite a while. And one of the things that um, she discussed with me is that she knew right off the back that she did not know what COVID was. She was like, I don't know what COVID is. I don't know what's going to happen with COVID. This is in the beginning. This is before the vaccines and all this when we're trying to still figure it out. And for the most part, we still don't really know what COVID is. (laughs) Honestly, we have more information and things like that. But I feel as though there's new information about vaccines and new information about COVID. It seems like that comes out every other day, so to speak. So she said that you know she made a conscious decision not to enroll her center at full capacity and make sure that she had enough teachers to fully equip the center for the capacity of the children because she said that was a headache within itself and she didn't want to get stressed i find now that that was a very good strategy um, because I was talking about, you know, I visited her center and I was like, wow, this classroom is not open. This classroom is not open. And she was like, no, I did not want to deal with that. You know, cause she said, we already have, we're going to already have enough stressors with different pot- protocols on top of the pro- protocols that we have to already implement. We have to do new protocols for, for COVID now. 
and there's so much that is un- unknown and it's going to be a new normal so I'm not going to do that and I think that that was a very wise decision it was it, it was extremely wise because she said I do not want to be one of those sinners that get in trouble for licensing and points and children is going to become a safety issue and all of those things. So I th- I thought that was very smart on her part. Very, very smart. She said, we, we're not really concerned about the number. We want to be safe first. We want to give quality care and we don't want our quality care to be threatened at all. On the flip side, I have seen where centers have reached full capacity at their inner child care center and they're having a dilemma with teachers they're hot they were like well let's fill up the classrooms first figure it out later with the teachers um in that case i have noticed that that has been the biggest crisis to hit some child care centers because they figured like the teachers were still going to come you know it will be business as usual and that has not been the case as well so i say all that to say and i know some of you all might listen to this like well our center has to stay at full or has to be at a certain number because we have to pay the teachers and i understand that um as well but sometimes you have to it's going to be a pro and a con and you just have to choose which which pill you're going to take are you going to take a pill or you're going to take b pill you just have to really get in there and choose For the most part, I want to say that some centers you might have to consider downsizing in this pandemic because as long as teachers are able to get unemployment, as long as people are just trying to figure it out, it's it's a lot of stuff that's going on in the background that I think that some childcare centers don't even realize what's happening out here in this pandemic. And so... You might have to downsize some, whether you are cutting your school hours, whether you are cutting um, compat- your your student enrollment, teacher enrollment, um, maybe starting teachers off part-time at first, maybe um, and if you have or your class um, can hold up to 18 children, maybe having nine t- children enrolled and having one teacher there, um, just different things you know all of those different things you might have to consider for a little while because this is not going away anytime soon and what i mean by that is that we might ride this out for the end for the rest of the the school year right now in some states children cannot parents cannot even enter into the school building so you having teachers not only doing double duty with covid standards but they're doing double duty with also transporting children in and out that takes hours also um double duty with a lot of just different things that people are not even aware of and and so i want to say that too because let's talk about mental health because this will directly affect a person's mental health if uh if if the industry is already at a high high level of stress and then you already have a fire going on and you just place gasoline on it it's just kind of like organized chaos in a sense you know and so people that haven't had to face this has been been very fortunate um they've been very fortunate but i see 
for higher signs at every child care center. Like I haven't, I see it on the internet. I see it if I'm out and about. People are looking for teachers everywhere. And the thing about it is they're looking for great teachers because great teachers that are passionate about the field is hard to come by, unfortunately, sometimes when you really find somebody that's just has that gift for early learners. You know, some teachers don't want to work in the summers and don't want to work at a year round school. And so automatically, you know, you have a lot of people that it, they migrate to more of the elementary um, elementary school, basically. They, they migrate to, to elementary public school. I've seen it over and over again because, again, I've been in this field for almost close to 20 years. And some teachers are just not leaving out of the field, period. But some of them like, okay, I have an early care education background. I don't want to work eight, nine or up to 10 hours a day, Monday through Friday, with a few days off here and there. It's very grueling. You know, let me become a pre-K teacher in the school system. Let me become a kindergarten teacher in the school system. Um, Let me make sure that I have some type of retirement. You know, there are teachers that work at childcare centers that never have retirement. Retirement is not offered. They never have retirement. So you have low wages on top of um, no sustainability in the field long term. So those are some of the things that can possibly happen. Do I think some of these things will turn around? And yeah, I, I do. I do. I do feel as though that we have to do a better job at really networking with with um, our, our universities and our colleges. Um, so um, that's part of the life cycle as well in this episode. Really networking with that. I want to tell directors and childcare people and people in the community, period. The reason why we're seeing a decline in people applying to become teachers, and I don't think it's just because of unemployment per se, is because a lot of people are not even going to school for education anymore. They've heard the stories about low wages. They've heard the stories about the behavior problems in in schools right now. They've heard the stories about teachers not feeling respected. They've heard the stories about no supplies. They've heard all of this over and over again. And a lot of the teachers experience this. This is another this is another factor too. A lot of the teachers experienced this during the internship and the student teacher period before they become full-time teachers. And sometimes they, after having some experience in, cert- in certain places, they never return. And I'm not trying to make this sound like doom and gloom or anything. I'm really not. I just want people to realize what we are facing right now and we're going to really have to become more creative as to what's going to happen and how we attract our teachers and how we attract our um our field and and have it current moving forward you know um as well people are realizing now you know well you know maybe i could just do virtual with my child at home <laughs> maybe um instead of me paying this fee for childcare, maybe i could just have a nanny you know a lot of nannies was hired during the pandemic uh like in record numbers and the reason why you're seeing that um 
teachers are not returning and children, so to speak, is because they're just still with their nanny. Some, a lot of nannies, a lot of teachers have become nannies. So they figure, oh, I'm basically getting the same salary hourly with working with maybe one child, two child, or up to three children, but it's not 10 children that I'm working with. It's not 18 children that I'm working with. It's not 20 children that I'm working with. And then on top of that, a lot of teachers, I've seen nanny or agencies and I'm like, wow. I'm like, whoa, to a point where it's the same salaries as teachers. And not only that, they're offering benefits. So just think about it. You have teachers that work at centers that don't offer any benefits. And all of a sudden, you know, you have a family that's offering you to become a nanny for $18 an hour. Because the average pay for a child care worker is $10, $11, $12 an hour. They're offering benefits. I've even seen families offering to like, hey, you know, we we travel. We travel twice a year. So when we go to Honduras or when we go to Canada or when we go to Florida, you will travel with us and we will give you a few nights off as well. Some teachers in child care centers never get to travel. Never. <laughs> like they never traveled for a training. They never traveled for for anything. So just imagine we have some real competition out here. And that's when I want child care centers to realize too. It's very it's more competitive more than ever because everybody wants the best for their child. So that nanny wants the best for their child. That um you know, child home child care centers want the best for the child. I mean, you have a lot of competition out here. Elementary schools want the best teachers. So Let's look at all of those things. I know I focus a lot on teachers um, during the life cycle of a pandemic, but we we have some real solutions that we have to come up with, like immediately, unless we are even going to get hot, hit harder. Um, I've learned about some closing of some child care centers, and it was really heartbreaking because I believe even on a child care center's worst day sometimes, I really believe that that's still the best center for them. Why? Because if you have passionate teachers in there, they're still going to, they might be stressed. They might be worried about different things and stuff, but they're still going to follow their lesson plan. They're still going to have activities for the children. You know, children are going to still have enriching experiences. So, you know, yeah, we have we have our work cut out for us. If you would like to leave a voice message or send an email or anything like that, my link is going to be in the description. I would love to hear some thoughts about this as well as to what we can do. I mentioned downsizing to possibly help you during this transition. I mentioned reaching out to local colleges and universities and really building connections with people and also tapping into the resources you already have, like the teachers are a resource, the parents are resources. And sometimes we don't want to necessarily be, we, we're, we're hesitant about being transparent, you know, with the parents. But in this particular climate right now, sometimes we have to just be transparent with them. Listen, 
I understand that you feel as though we have to have the same hours as we did before, but at this time, we're, that's not going to happen. It might take us two years to, to get back to having the hours that we've had before. So right now, we can't close to six. We we just can't close to six. We've had issues. We There's di- been different things. So this happened all around just not with childcare. you know local businesses businesses everywhere has closed early they have downsized they've done a lot of different things and that has directly affect people getting unemployment as well so um and like i mentioned before there's so many things that happens behind the scenes so i mentioned downsizing college college and universities really looking at the competition that's out there and really deciding when you're having your leadership meetings and things like that, how are we going to tackle this? You know, possibly reaching out to people and really coming up with some real, real solutions about this. I mentioned having a business tax, like, you know, businesses having hefty, um, not having, having great, great tax breaks if they're supporting um, childcare centers and things like that. Those are some of my solutions to the problem. Um, I'm pretty sure at the end this episode, I could even think of more solutions, you know, but I just wanted to get the conversation start started and going and see what we can do as a community. Share this with people, share this with your local legislators, share this with Congress, share this with anybody that has a listening ear that wants to help start, solve this problem. Have a wonderful day.